الحمد لله الحمد لله وكفى والصلاه والسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى اما بعد فاعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم وما خلقت الجن والانس الا ليعبدون وقال تعالى قل يا عبادي الذين اسرفوا على انفسهم لا تقنطوا من رحمه الله ان الله يغفر الذنوب جميعا وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم هذه هذه ليله النصف من شعبان فيغفر الله لجميع الخلق الا لمشرك او مشاح او كما قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم او سسبكتيف علماء الكرام برادرز ان الرز we are living in a world we are all the time looking for some kind of progress in terms of our material things every person is all the time looking at how to update something how to upgrade something person wants to always update his phone and upgrade his car and the house that he is living in though everything is fine he still wants to somehow refurbish and renovate and every other thing we are all the time looking at some kind of progress person is earning a certain amount in a job so he says no i need to still earn more so that i can improve the quality of my life person is living in the lap of luxury but there is still something more that he is looking at person has such a thick portfolio that he can't carry it himself but he is still looking at how he can double the size of that portfolio so this is how dunya is carrying on that we all the time looking for some way or the other to improve in terms of dunya upgrade and update and acquire more of the material things but there is a moment in every person's life when all this will suddenly stop and there won't be any time left to now upgrade any further update anything renovate anything now will be the time to meet allah taala when the time comes nobody knows it comes in a moment and allah taala out of his love for his bandas out of his love for his slaves and servants allah taala from time to time has given us some occasions some special moments so that we stop and take stock where are we going to where are we heading to these occasions that come on the one hand they are indeed occasions of ibadat this 15 night of shaaban has aisha siddiqa radhiyallahu ta'ala anha she says that rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam he came at night and then he lay down on the bed for a while and then when he thought i had fallen asleep he woke up and then further in one riwayat he mentioned this that faqama fasalla he woke up and then he went and 
started engaging himself in salah. And then eventually he went in sajda. فَأَطَالَ السُّجُودِ حَتَّى ظَنَنْتُ أَنَّهُ قَدْ قُبِضَ He says that Rasulullah wasallam went into sajda. He made such a lengthy sajda. And now we are talking about the sajda of Rasulullah wasallam, who in normal circumstances also at night in tahajjud salah used to make very long sajdas. And compared to those long sajdas, he made such a lengthy sajda that Aisha Siddiqa says that Hatta Zanantu Annahu Kad Kubila. That I thought that Nabi Slawasam passed away. That he is so motionless and such a long sajda, it seems like he is no more in dunya. And he says, I was so concerned about this that perhaps he has left dunya. I woke up and I went and touched his foot. But when I touched his foot, because I touched his foot, I sensed a little bit of movement. And then I was satisfied that no, my fear was unfounded. See, I then came and laid back on the bed. After some time, Rasulullah completed his salah. And he says also that while I went to just check on him, I heard him reciting in his sajda. Now this was sajda and such a lengthy sajda. And in this sajda, who is beseeching? That personality who Allah Ta'ala had already declared to him. لِيَغْفِرَ لَكَ اللَّهُ مَا تَقَدَّمَ مِنْ ذَنْبِكَ وَمَا تَأَخَّرَ Allah Ta'ala has taught, made you totally ma'asum and sinless. That personality who Allah Ta'ala already said regarding him, that he is the greatest of all the creation of Allah Ta'ala. That personality who all the Anbiya wasalam, were made to attest to his superiority. That personality who nobody will enter Jannah till he enters. And what is he saying in his sajda? أَعُوذُ بِعَفْوِكَ مِنْ إِقَابِكَ Ya Allah, I seek protection in your forgiveness from your punishment. Allah's Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa who's masoom, who's sinless, and he is making such dua, and what is our condition? And how much dua we make for forgiveness? أَعُوذُ بِعَفْوِكَ مِنْ إِقَابِكَ Ya Allah, I seek your protection in your forgiveness from your punishment. وَعُوذُ بِرِضَاكَ مِنْ سَخَتِكَ Ya Allah, I seek protection in your pleasure from your displeasure. The displeasure of Allah Ta'ala, for a true mu'min, that is worse than the greatest material calamity. That my Allah is displeased with me, that is the worst thing. Anything else is lesser in the... It can be tolerable, but Allah Ta'ala become displeased with me, that I cannot tolerate. So Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi is teaching us in this dua, what we should be asking for. وَأَعُوذُ بِرِضَاكَ مِنْ سَخَتِكَ وَأَعُوذُ بِكَ مِنْكَ Ya Allah, I seek refuge in you, from you. In your mercy, in your forgiveness, from your chastisement and punishment. لَا أُحْسِي ثَنَاءً عَلَيْكَ أَنْتَ كَمَا أَثْنَيْتَ عَلَى نَفْسِكَ Ya Allah, I cannot praise you as you are deserving of praise. You are as you have praised yourself. Any case, after some time, Rasulullah then returned to the bed. And then he asked Aisha anha, that you came and you were actually checking. Did you think that I was gone somewhere else? So any case, finally Nabi said to her, do you know what night this is? This is the night of the 15th of Sha'ban. And on this night, Allah Ta'ala forgives more people than the number of hair on the goats of Bani Kalb. 
Bani Kalb was a tribe that was known to have a very big number of goats, thousands. So they had a very huge number of goats, one goat, how many hair on it, whole tribe, the, uh, the valley full of goats. So Allah Ta'ala's mercy descends in torrents on these occasions. So indeed these occasions are occasions of ibadat, they are occasions to exert ourselves in asking Allah wa ta'ala for forgiveness. These are occasions to make amends for the past, to make sincere tawbah. But, at the same time, these are not occasions for the occasion itself. This is unfortunately what we tend to do, that we then leave the day, the night, the auspicious day that had come, the night that had come, the month that had come and gone, we then leave it behind like nothing happened. The month of Ramadan comes and goes, barely the day of Eid hasn't gone. It's the day of Eid already, just now. And on the day of Eid, all the sins that a person didn't commit in Ramadan, he makes qaza on the day of Eid. It was as if he was waiting for the month of Ramadan to pass so he can get back to his haram. But that is a major tragedy that we confine the auspiciousness or the purpose of these auspicious occasions for the occasion itself. Yes, indeed these are occasions to exert ourselves in ibadat. But these are occasions also to stop and reflect. Allah Ta'ala gave us these stop signs. That how long are you going to go on updating and upgrading dunya? Have you thought about upgrading your deen? How long are you going to renovate your homes? You thought of rejuvenating your iman? How long you are going to be trying to amass dunya? How much have you sent forward for yourself in the akhirah? There's a great Tabi'i, Abu Hazim Rahmatullah the king of the time, Sulaiman bin Abdul Malik. The lengthy incident, in any case he came to Medina Munawwara, Abu Hazim used to be living in Medina Munawwara, and all the people of Medina Munawwara came, the, all the great personalities all had come to meet the king, after all he's the king, Abu Hazim didn't come. So, eventually Sulaiman bin Abdul Malik inquired, is there anybody who had seen any of the Sahaba, any Tabi'i present, they said, yes, Abu Hazim. says, call him and come. So then he came. So in any case, it was then a lengthy conversation, and he asked him many questions. And one of the questions he asked him, now the king is asking, and he asked him, Malana nakrahul maut. Why do we fear death? How come we fear death? So Abu Hazim replied to him, and he's talking to the king. But Allah Ta'ala blessed him with that kind of strength in his heart. And he was that kind of personality that he could talk to the king in plain terms. He said to the king, That you have adorned and beautified your dunya in such a way that it is better than the best. But in the process, you have totally destroyed your akhirat. You have made it desolate. It's like in ruins. So now any person, you tell him to leave the place that he has adorned, the place he has made very comfortable for himself, and to go and live in a desolate place, who wants to do it? So you have made your akhirat completely desolate, you haven't paid any attention to your akhirat. You only continue putting all your attention and efforts into dunya, so why will you want to leave dunya? 
Why will you ever look forward to going to the Akhirat? It's a different matter altogether that when the appointed time comes, you will be dragged along against your wishes. Without any choice, you will have to leave. That's a different issue altogether. But you will not be looking forward to the Akhirat because you didn't make anything, any, didn't send anything ahead. So these occasions Allah Ta'ala gives us to stop and think about what we have done for Akhirat. And therefore Allah Ta'ala gives us his opportunities to surround and think, why are we in dunya to start off with? Allah Ta'ala gives us this very clearly in the Quran Sharif, وَمَا خَلَقْتُ الْجِنَّ وَالْإِنسَ إِلَّا لِيَعْبُدُونَ Allah Ta'ala says, I haven't created insan and jinnat, إِلَّا لِيَعْبُدُونَ Except so that they may worship me. Worship Allah Tabaraka wa Ta'ala. And what is this worship of Allah Ta'ala? This worship of Allah Ta'ala is, to do anything and everything. Anything and everything from ibadat, whether it's our salah, fasting, zakat, hajj, to our day-to-day mundane activities, whether it be eating and drinking, whether it be running our businesses, and whether it be a person in intimacy with his wife, whether it be how he takes time and gives time to his children, whether it be how he entertains his friends, or how he spends his free time, anything and everything, how he looks, how he talks, how he walks, and forget all that, how he thinks also. And he does anything and everything for the pleasure of Allah. His primary concern is Allah must be pleased. And that is not alone sufficient. That he is doing it for the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala. That alone is not sufficient. He is doing it for the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala according to the command of Allah Ta'ala. He is doing something sincerely. But he is doing it against the command of Allah Ta'ala. There is nothing for him in it. He is very sincere in serving deen for example. But his service of deen is including haram elements in it. He wants to serve deen with music for example. He wants to serve deen in a mixed gathering, all males and females all mixed up, and he is promoting deen. Allah Ta'ala is not in need of such kind of promotion of deen. Allah Ta'ala is the safeguard of deen. And all these kinds of things that a person sometimes does, then this Allah Ta'ala has already made clear, الَّذِينَ ضَلَّ سَعْيُهُمْ فِي الْحَيَاةِ الدُّنْيَا وَهُمْ يَحْسَبُونَ أَنَّهُمْ يُحْسِنُونَ سُنْعَا There will be many people on the day of Qiyamah, all their efforts in dunya would be gone to vain. Whereas in dunya they were thinking we were doing a great job. In dunya they thought we are doing something superb, wonderful. Nobody can match us what we are doing. But everything down the day, Allah Ta'ala is saying, Alladina dalla sa'ayuhum fil hayatid dunya. All gone to waste. Why? Because though they were sincere, it wasn't in, according to the command of Allah Ta'ala. So what is being done must be for Allah Ta'ala. And it must be done according to the command of Allah Ta'ala. And it is be done in the way that Nabi Islam has taught how it should be done. The command of Allah Ta'ala in the way that Rasulullah Islam has taught how it should be done. So this is what is ibadat all about. And this is something that entails our entire life, includes everything in our life. It includes our aqaid and beliefs. That we have to have the correct iman. The tawheed of Allah Ta'ala. And then our iman and risalat, the messengership of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam, in the times that we live, all kinds of 
things keep coming up, you'll find these kind of ideologies being put forward. As long as a person believes in one Allah, that's enough. Then no matter who he is, whether he's a Muslim, he's a Christian, he's a Jew, he's anybody, he believes in one Allah, then he's done. Na'uzu billahi min zalik. In other words, a person rejects Rasulullah sallallahu he'll still be gaining salvation. This is completely against the Quran Sharif itself. Without belief in Nabi Islam being the messenger of Allah Ta'ala and the last and final messenger, a person's iman is not accepted. He is doomed forever to Jahannam if he doesn't make Tawbah from this. So our iman has to be right. And all the other aspects of iman, our ibadat has to be right. We have to make sure our salah is correct. Are we performing our salah on time? On the day of Qiyamah, it will not be asked that if a person, for example, was very, very charitable, that why did you give so much of charity? Inshallah, he'll get rewarded on it. You are sincere, he'll get rewarded on it. But he won't be asked why you gave so much charity. Or why you didn't give even more than that, if what he gave was according to his capacity. But he'll be asked why you missed your Fajr Salah. Why you missed your Fajr Salah, he'll be questioned about that. Why you missed your Zuhar and Asr, he'll be questioned about it. Why you performed your Salah haphazardly, in such a way that when Nabi Islam describes that Salah, performed in haste, person barely makes, goes into Ruku and is up, barely puts his head into Sajda and is up and before he even sits properly he's into the next Sajda. So such a Salah, Nabi Islam says, hardly raises above the head of the person. And then it is wrapped like a dirty rag. And it is thrown on the face of that Musalli and it then curses him. May Allah Ta'ala destroy you. The Salah is cursing him. May Allah Ta'ala destroy you as you have destroyed me. That you had enough time for your business. You went before time and you finished off after time. You had enough time for that wedding. You went before the function and you left after everything finished. You had enough time for your meals. You started off sitting before the meal came and you sat long after it finished. You had enough time for your friends. You sat with them for hours without getting tired. And when you came to your salah, you didn't have time. When it came to your salah, you had to rush it. You couldn't even make a sajda properly in front of Allah wa ta'ala. You couldn't keep your head down long enough to say Subhana Rabbi Al-A'la properly three times. That posture where a person gets closest to Allah Ta'ala. You were in such a hurry that you were working on labor law last in and first out. So we had time for everything. But we didn't have time for our salah. That salah now a person performed it in such a haphazard manner. That salah is now thrown back at him. Allah Ta'ala is not in need of our salah. We are in need of Allah Ta'ala accepting our salah. Allah Ta'ala doesn't gain anything by our piety. Allah Ta'ala grants us everything that we need. We don't give Allah Ta'ala anything. So we need from Allah Ta'ala. And the manner to draw from the treasures of Allah Ta'ala is through the Salah. But unfortunately that Salah is performed in a way that that very Salah becomes a source of a curse to us. So this is a time to stop and reflect that this Ibadat, what is the condition of my Iman? Such an auspicious occasion has come. I need to stop and think. What is the condition of my Iman? What are the qualities of Iman in me? Have I got that Taqwa in my life? How much of Tawakkul is there? How much of this love of Allah Ta'ala is in my heart? I have love for everything. I have love for dunya. I have love for all the material things. There somebody try to 
shift me away from my possessions. All these things are close to my heart. How close to my heart is the deen of Allah Taala? How close to my heart is the Quran Sharif? How close to my heart is the way of life of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam? How close to my heart is his Mubarak Sunnah? So these are the things to reflect upon. What is the condition of my ibadat? Am I performing my salah five times a day? Am I performing it correctly? Am I performing it with khushu and khudu? Am I discharging my zakat correctly? What about the past? What amends am I going to make? How am I going to make up for the past? Do I need to ask somebody? Have I made my hajj yet? And like that there are other aspects of deen. I must stop and think, what is the position of my financial dealings? Is this in the way that Nabi Islam has taught? Is this according to the commands of Allah Taala? Is there something out of line? Am I fulfilling everybody's rights? What is my akhlaq? What kind of character do I have? What is my muasharat? How do I live with my family? What kind of husband am I? What kind of father am I? What kind of son am I? These are the things to reflect on. Allah Ta'ala has given us this occasion to sit and reflect. On the one side, the person who exerts himself in ibadat, person who asks Allah Ta'ala in this hadith that we quoted at the end, Nabi Salaam also said that Allah Ta'ala now focuses his special attention on his makhluk and فَيَغْفِرُ لِلْمُسْتَغْفِرِينَ وَيَرْحَمُ الْمُسْتَرْحِمِينَ Allah Ta'ala forgives those who seek forgiveness. Allah Ta'ala shows down His Rahmat on those who are seeking His Rahmat. So indeed these are occasions to seek the Rahmat of Allah Ta'ala. These are occasions to seek the forgiveness. But it doesn't finish up there. That is a cleansing moment. Now we have to move on in a way that Allah Ta'ala will be pleased. And this Mubarak night that we are in, the 15th of Shaban, is barely two weeks before this great month of Ramadan comes. Now such a great month is coming and so close to it such a great night. Why is this so? Allah Ta'ala alone knows His wisdom why it's so. The auspiciousness of this night is due to Allah Ta'ala putting this night, the, the barakat and blessings in this night. It did just come about on its own. Allah Ta'ala could have made this blessings that are coming down in this night have made, could have made it some other night of the year. Why two weeks before Ramadan? Then this insan, this mu'min, the servant of Allah wa ta'ala, inshallah will sit down, he'll reflect, he'll make amends, he'll make tawbah, he'll prepare himself for Ramadan. He'll clean himself out before the Mubarak month comes. He'll clean himself out in so many different ways as we will discuss just now in the hadith that is to be discussed. And by the time the Mubarak month of Ramadan comes, he will be ready to take the blessings of Ramadan. When there's a occasion in some home, there's a wedding in the family, then from sometimes months in advance, all the cleaning up starts. Person wants to paint the house also, though it doesn't really need painting. And as the time gets closer, then everything must be spick and span. That lawn, though it is already like a carpet, that lawn must also get mowed again. And everything must be perfect. Why? Because there's one function, there's a wedding taking place. How long will that occasion last? It'll last for one hour, two hours, one day. That's all done. 
And what is the occasion all about? Indeed, a very Mubarak occasion that two people will be united in the bond of nikah. So since two people are going to be united in the bond of nikah, though that nikah is meant to be very simple, that nikah is meant to be that type of nikah wherein the least expense is incurred in order to gain the greatest barakat. But nevertheless we go the extra mile to make sure all these things are done. Everything is clean. Why? Because two people are going to be bonded in nikah. The month of Ramadan is that month where Allah Ta'ala gives the opportunity for His servants to bond with Him. Where Banda will bond with Khuda. Where the slave will bond with his master. But yet the slave is not ready to clean himself. He's not interested in adorning himself. And therefore the month of Ramadan comes and goes and everything just passes like nothing happens. Indeed, we make some ibadat, we do some extra tilawat of the Quran Sharif, some dua, etc. After that, the month passes and like everything was, nothing had happened, nothing changed, life carries on. So Allah gave us this occasion that we sit, we stop, we take stock of ourselves, we make sincere tawbah, we clean our hearts out and we make ourselves clean for the Mubarak month of Ramadan. As we understood from the hadith that we discussed earlier, when Nabi Islam says that Allah Ta'ala frees so many people from the fire of Jahannam, more than the sheep on the goats of Bani Kalb, but yet on such an auspicious occasion, Nabi Islam says that certain people are excluded from the forgiveness of Allah Ta'ala. Now what a tragedy this is. Imagine if somebody had to make an announcement here, that as everybody is leaving the masjid, there's one bow of gold for him. I'm sure there isn't anything out there. Because sometimes one person, Ashab, he was known to be, he was, his greed was proverbial. So one day, the children used to, because of the kind of person he was, everybody used to come and, as they say, cherry him, come and just tease him. And so the children also came one day and they all surrounded him and they mocking him and so on. So in order to just get rid of them, there was a very generous person, everybody knew his generosity, forever all the time giving something. So he just told them, so and so is dishing out some sweets. And he just wanted to get rid of them from his from uh, making his life miserable now. So he said, so-and-so is dishing out sweets now. I came to know about it. So all of them suddenly left him and ran. Because the person was known to be always dishing out something. So in any case, all those children ran. After a while, he came running also. So somebody asked him, what you came running for? He said, well, I told them just to chase them away. But then the thought came in my mind, what if it's true? <laughs> so just in case it's true, I don't want to get left out. So maybe it might cross our mind also, just in case it's true, so, I don't think it's true, there's, there's no such thing at the door at the moment. But if supposing such an announcement was made, that there's a bar of gold for each person that will leave the masjid, but certain people will be excluded. Those who are involved in A, B, C, D, E, unless they make sincere tawbah, they're not going to get this bar of gold. Let us ask our hearts, what will we do now? See, whatever it is in the world, if I have to sort it out now, I'll sort it out now because that bar of gold I can't lose out on. Forget that one bar of gold for much less also will do that. So Allah Ta'ala's forgiveness is showering down. And Nabi Islam says that there are certain people who Allah Ta'ala, despite the torrents of rahmat that are coming down, Allah Ta'ala excludes them. 
So who are these people? So Nabi Salaam says in one hadith explains these categories. That Allah Ta'ala forgives this multitudes of people. But Allah Ta'ala doesn't forgive a person who is engaged in shirk. A person who is engaged in any kind of shirk, he is deprived of the blessings of this night. What is shirk in its most obvious manner? Somebody is worshipping some idol, worshipping something besides Allah Ta'ala, then obviously that is shirk. Many a times there is shirk in our hearts in a different form. Allah Ta'ala says, أَفَرَأَيْتَ مَنِ اتَّخَذَ إِلَاهَهُ And have you seen that person who has made his, his desires his deity? This is not the shirk of the first time. It's obviously a shirk of a different level. But it is a kind of shirk. Allah Ta'ala is saying, have you seen that person who made his desires his deity? That whatever he desires, he is not concerned about is this the right thing or wrong thing. What he desires is what he does. Even if it is against what Allah Ta'ala wants. Somebody as coming, someone said, look I was talking to so and so. I tried to entice him, let's go to the masjid. And whatever else, today is a big night. He says, no I'm going to be watching the cup final, whatever Allah knows best what's going on. He says, no, I'm going to be watching the cup final. Now this is what is being expressed in this ayat of the Quran Sharif. That these are also idols. These are also idols. That a person now is in sajda in front of Allah wa ta'ala, and he's still scoring goals. A person is in the month of Ramadan, he might be at Baytullah. It might be the 27th of Ramadan. And he's in front of Kaaba Sharif. And he's still thinking of how to still increase dunya. There is no harm in earning dunya in a halal way. But then a person sleeps and dreams dunya. He eats and drinks dunya. He's in Baytullah also and he's thinking about how to amass further dunya. Then this has become an idol. That dunya must come first and salah, if it gets kaza, it gets kaza, we'll make it later. Now you can't, all the time now, sometimes you make it, sometimes you don't make it. Then that has become an idol. That has become a kind of shirk. It is not shirk of the first type, it is not shirk of the type that takes a person out of the fold of Iman. But this to Allah Ta'ala says, أَفَرَأَيْتَ مَنِ اتَّخَذَ إِلَاهَهُ Have you seen that person who made his desires his deity? For somebody it's sports, for somebody it's something, for somebody it is that illicit love. That come what may, he cannot give that up. He is ready to sacrifice his parents, but he won't sacrifice the haram he's involved in. He is ready to do anything in order to continue with that illicit life of his. That has become his deity, that has become a kind of shirk. So, this is the one category that we have to make sincere toba from. From every level of shirk. Doing something to show, to get some kind of recognition, some kind of name and fame. This is shirkul khafi. Nabi Islam says this is the silent shirk, the smaller shirk. So all these types of shirk are things we have to make sincere tawbah from, cleanse our hearts from it, and get back to Allah wa ta'ala sincerely. So this is the first category. Then Nabi Islam says, Wala ila mushahinin. Allah Ta'ala does not forgive on this night a person who harbors malice. 
We all like everything to be clean. We like our homes to be clean. We like our cars to be shining. Forget the car, even that mag rim must be shining. And once at some filling station, one person had stopped to refill, refuel. So when he stopped to refuel, he also jumped out and while everything was being done, whatever was being refueled, he came out with his cloth to just quickly re-shine the mags. Now he might have dri- driven a few kilometers or whatever he drove, so it would have got a bit dusty. But now in that short distance, whatever dust has come in, he jumped out of his car and he started re-cleaning that dust of that magrams. He's going to drive again now. He's just going to, a few minutes later, again be on the road. But while sitting inside that car, that magram must shine. There must be no speck of dust on it. Allah knows best when he was stopped at the next stop first, he must have jumped out and shined it again. So that magram must be shining and our homes must be clean, our clothing must be fine and we must be looking excellent. Allah Ta'ala more than anything else wants our hearts to shine. Allah Ta'ala doesn't want to see any dirt and filth in our hearts. And like other dirt and filth, Allah Ta'ala doesn't want the dirt of malice to be in our hearts. And when a person sees a dirty cup, he wants to pour pure milk in it. Sees a dirty cup, put it aside. He doesn't put the milk in that cup. He's got something very valuable to put into some container. It might not be something that's going to get soiled in it. But if the container is a little bit rusty, a little bit dirty, say, no, this is, I want to put something, my Kruger Rams inside this rusty tin. No, no, not worth it. This Kruger Rams are too valuable to put inside this rusty tin. Throw it away. So Allah doesn't also pour that maghfirat into a dirty heart. So Allah wants us to clean our hearts of malice. In one hadith, Nabi Wasallam addressed Anas radiallahu ta'ala an, and he said to him, Ya Bunayya, in qadarta an tusbiha wa tumsiya, wa laysa fi qalbika ghishun li ahadin faf'al. The crux of this is, that, oh my son, he is talking to him with utmost love. Hazrat Anas radiallahu ta'ala an was the special attendant, the khadim of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa For 10 years he served Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa Day and night in the khidmat of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam is imparting something very special to him now. With such love he's saying to him, Oh my beloved son, that keep your heart clean of malice. Keep your heart completely clean of malice. In qadarta an tumsiya wa tusbiha. Wa laysa fi qalbika ghishun li ahadin faf'al. And why? Fa inna dhalika min sunnati. Because that is how my heart is. That is my way. So you make your heart like my heart. You don't make your heart like the heart of others. You keep your heart the way I keep my heart. My heart is always clean. I don't harbor any dirt for anybody. You keep your heart also like that. فَإِنَّ ذَلِكَ مِن سُنَّتِي وَمَنْ أَحَبَّ سُنَّتِي كَانَ مَعِي فِي الْجَنَّةِ And the one who will love my sunnah will be with me in Jannah. The one who will love my way of life will be with me in Jannah. The one who will love to have his heart like my heart, he will be with me in Jannah. Can we imagine what he's being joined up towards? Keeping the heart clean of malice and being in the company of Nabi Islam in Jannah. So now that bar of gold again, that if a person is told that as a per- everyone is leaving the masjid, one bar of gold. But if a person harbors malice for anybody, there's an x-ray machine also that will show. So therefore you want to get deprived. 
So can we ever think that we are going to harbor anything, leave anything in our hearts? So this is something on this night, Allah Ta'ala wants us to clean our hearts. And especially now we are moving towards Ramadan. Allah Ta'ala wants to clean us. And come to me in the month of Ramadan clean, so I can then shower everything on you. I can fill your hearts. So the second category in Nabi Islam says, Wala ila mushahinin. And then the third category in Nabi Islam says, of the people who will be deprived of the mercy of this night. Wala ila qati'i rahimin. Allah Ta'ala does not forgive the person who cuts family ties, who cuts off kinship, who cuts off relationship from people. Such a person is also deprived. Now one is, there is some issue, something recoverable, person has some right, then he is entitled to recover his right. He has some, somebody owing him something, he is entitled to claim it obviously. And in an Islamic country, the Qazi will assist him to claim it also. So that is in his place. But at the same time, maintaining relationship is something totally apart from that. That a person will maintain the relationship and claim his right also if he has to claim it. He'll still keep his heart clean. The Sahaba Ikram taught us how to always keep the heart clean. That insan is insan. Even Shariat has recognized this tabiat and this nature of insan. That he has, he's very sensitive, he has emotions, his heart gets affected easily. So even Shariat has given us that leeway. Sometimes a person gets upset, something happens. So for three days he stayed upset also, even up to three days he's excused. Fine, you got leeway. Three days also, it should be earlier, all the better, but if it continued, you, your, somebody's temperature went so high, somebody says that they got a short fuse, and somebody says, well, see every time I just keep giving, giving people a piece of my mind, nobody must come and chop my toes, anybody touch my toes, I give them a piece of my mind. So now people start dishing out a piece of their mind to everybody. Then when the time comes to apply their mind, there's nothing left. Because they've been dishing out a piece of their mind to anyone and everyone. So how are they going to apply their mind to issues? And therefore they make rash decisions thereafter. Then a person, because he's been passing on and giving pieces of his mind to everybody, then I can't apply his mind, he's blurting three talaks in one go, and then now he's looking for somebody to say three is one. Now he's trying to make some kind of trinity masla. That no three will become one somehow. He's already alienated his wife forever. But now because he's, he says this is how I carry on. I just give people a piece of my mind. And he's sometimes proud of it also. Whereas Rasulullah ﷺ, one person came to him and he asked for advice. He says, give me some advice. Nabi Islam says to him, La taghdab. Don't become angry. For the second time he says, give me more advice. La taghdab. Don't become angry. Again he asked for advice. Again the third time, La taghdab. Don't become angry. In other words, it's not that anger won't come in. But don't express it, keep it under control. And if it's expressed where it's necessary to express, then within the limits that it has to be expressed. So in any case, the Sahaba Ikram taught us that insan is insan. He sometimes can get upset. But how he can still keep his heart clean? Once, Sayyidina Abu Bakr radiallahu ta'ala an, and Sayyidina Umar radiallahu ta'ala an, the two greatest personalities of the Ummah, after Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, 
after the Anbiya Ali Musalat was salam, the greatest rank is of Abu Bakr radiallahu ta'ala and has Umar radiallahu thereafter. And they are discussing something and something was said and Abu Bakr radiallahu said something which was perhaps a little bit strong and Umar radiallahu felt a little hurt. Allah ta'ala made these things happen to give us a lesson. So he felt a bit hurt. So now he's talking to a senior personality. So obviously he cannot conduct himself in an incorrect way. But he was hurt. So he woke up and walked away. And when he walked away, immediately Abu Bakr and realized that what I said wasn't appropriate. Now these are the lessons. We also make mistakes. We also make mistakes, but then we do realize, if not immediately, after one minute, after one hour, after one day, we do realize also that my fault, it comes in our hearts. Unless our heart is dead, it comes in the heart, you say, I, I made a mistake here, I erred, this was my fault, it comes in. But even after one day and after one month, if it comes, it's too difficult for us to go and acknowledge my mistake. That is something that becomes an impossibility. Because of the pride, because of the ego, I must humble myself in front of him. I'll never do it. Abu Bakr he realized that what I said wasn't the right thing to say. It wasn't anything vulgar. It wasn't, he didn't curse him in any way. But he just said something strongly and it was, he realized it wasn't the appropriate thing to say. So immediately he woke up and went behind Umar I said to him, please forgive me. Please forgive me. Umar was a bit hurt. And often this hurt is felt more when there is a close bond. Some stranger says something, that stranger's words might be very harsh. But a person says, this fellow is probably drunk or something, forget about him, carry on, don't pay attention. So somebody who is a total stranger says something vulgar, he says the worst kind of things and a person ignores it, it might just affect him for a minute or two and then he doesn't even remember it. And somebody very close to him says something which is a fraction of what was said earlier to him from a stranger and it hurts him tremendously. That hurt is due to the love, the bond, the closeness. And this is something to bear in mind. Something to bear in mind very, very well. That with strangers, unfortunately, we talk very nicely. With strangers, we are very polite. With that customer who we don't know from anywhere, but to earn that few rands out of that customer, then we will be the most humble person. And those who are closest to us, our parents, those who are supposed to be part of our life, our spouses, our children, they we talk in the most rude and abrupt manner. And it might not be vulgar, but that outwardly straight sentence, outwardly innocent sentence, said in an abrupt manner, said in a harsh way, is sometimes more painful than the vulgar language of the person who is a stranger. It is more hurtful than somebody cursing, a stranger cursing the person. More hurtful than that is somebody close and near and dear to him saying something harshly, which might not be vulgar in any way. But unfortunately we will talk very sweetly to people outside and within the four walls of our home, all we have left is bitterness. 
All we have left is all the leftovers. Whatever is now to scrape from the bottom, all the what is burnt. All the delicious part of the meal, we fed everybody outside. And the burnt part which is stuck to the bottom of the pot, that we feed our spouses, we feed our parents, we feed our children, we feed our brothers and sisters, we feed our family members, we feed our neighbors. This is a total tragedy. It's supposed to be that, yes, we are supposed to be good with people outside as well, not that we turn it around, but we are supposed to be even better to those inside. So in any case, Siddiq Akbar he came behind Hazrat Umar and he says to him, please forgive me. Umar was quite hurt and as a result, he just kept quiet and he didn't say anything and he went away inside his house and he closed the door. Now when he closed the door, now what else can Abu Bakr Lano do? So he now decides, well, there's nothing that I can do more now, he's gone inside his house. So now the only place to go now is to Rasulullah so now he proceeds towards the masjid of Rasulullah and as Nabi sees him coming from the distance he looks at him, he sees his face and he says to the sahaba present he says, Amma sahibukum hadha faqad ghamar that your companion coming, he has had some problem with somebody something has happened, his face is saying it all Abu Bakr comes and he narrates the whole incident that this is what happened yes, my mistake, I said something to Umar but then, after he got upset and walked away, I went to ask him for forgiveness. But he went away inside his house. Nabi Salaam pacified him and said to him, Ghafar Allahu laka ya Aba Bakr. Ya Allah forgive you. Now in the meantime, while all this is happening here, Hazrat Umar is inside his house, and then it says to he occurs to his heart, and he says to himself, that the man came behind me to ask for forgiveness. And I didn't say anything. I didn't respond to him. How could I have done that? Now this is insan, this is a true insan, this is a mu'min. They are also insan, they are also human beings, they also had emotions, they could have got hurt, they got hurt. But after one minute, as soon as the realization came, he didn't say, well his fault, let him, leave it to him. Why should I bother? His business. He, he deserves it. As somebody, just, there was some issue, so now trying to resolve it, person says, no, well, he dug his hole, he must live in it. I'm not going to sort anything out for him. So Umar now is talking to himself and he's saying, how could I have done this? He came to ask me for forgiveness. He leaves his house and he comes to the house of Abu Bakr He is coming to ask for forgiveness now. When he comes, he knocks on the door, he asks for Abu Bakr now and he says, no, he's not here. So he says, well, if he's not here, there can only be one place where he is. So he now also comes to the masjid of Rasulullah now as he is coming, Nabi Islam sees him approaching. And when Nabi Islam sees him, Nabi Islam's face starts changing color. Because he was upset that Abu Bakr whatever it is, is a person of a very very high caliber. Nobody in the Sahaba can reach his position. And therefore, he should be given the highest regard among the Sahaba. And he should be treated in the way that is deserving of him. So why did Umar not respond? This was something upsetting for Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi face is changing color. And as Umar is approaching, Abu Bakr is sitting there. And when he sees Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi face changing color, he already reads the situation. He realizes what's going on. And he already realizes that Umar is going to come here 
he is now going to be reprimanded. Now, initially he came as a complainant. And now he's seeing Umar now coming. And he's realizing that he's going to be reprimanded. Now if it was us in his position, if we were sitting there, we would be thinking in our hearts, very very happy in our hearts, that now he'll catch it. Now he'll get a good hiding. I hope he gets it nice and solid. This is what we would have thought in our hearts. But what does, what does Abu Bakr Lanu do? As soon as he sees the situation and realizes what's going on, and he realizes as soon as Umar comes, Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi reprimand him, in order to show his utmost humility, and to get the full attention of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi towards himself, he stands up on his knees. He's sitting, he gets onto his knees, and he starts repeatedly saying to Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Kuntu ana azlam ya Rasulallah. Kuntu ana azlam ya Rasulallah. Oh Nabi of Allah, it was my fault. It was my fault. Please don't tell him anything. He is protecting his brother that he must not get reprimanded. He is trying to make sure that his brother must stay safe from the reprimand of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam so that he does not get the wrath of Allah Ta'ala. This was the heart he had for his fellow Muslim. This is the cleanliness of heart. That what happened in that one moment happened in that one moment. But it didn't affect the cleanliness of the heart. That everything is still fresh. Everything is still on its heat as we say. But in the heat of the moment also he can still protect his brother. In the heat of the moment also, despite whatever the situation is, he has no malice in his heart for his fellow Muslims. And that is what Allah Ta'ala wants from us. On these occasions, this is what is required of us. To clean our hearts. To come back to Allah Ta'ala with a clean heart. So, among the things, among the people that Allah Ta'ala does not shower His Rahmat on this occasion, and does not forgive on these occasions, Qati'i Rahimin, the person who cuts family ties. One is, as we said, there's something that we have to recover from someone, by all means we are entitled to recover it. In the proper way, within the limits of Shariat and Deen. But our heart should stay clean. Our heart should not harbor malice. We should still have the heart to make dua for one and all. We should still have the heart to be a well-wisher for one and all. لَا يُؤْمِنُ أَحَدُكُمْ حَتَّى يُحِبَّ لِأَخِيهِ مَا يُحِبُّ لِنَفْسِهِ Nabi says that none of you has iman until he loves for his fellow Muslim what he loves for himself. What the muhaddisin explain that what this hadith actually means that it refers to having a heart clean of malice and jealousy. No malice for his fellow Muslim, no jealousy for his fellow Muslim. So this aspect of maintaining family ties, this is something great rewards have been mentioned in the Hadith Sharif. Just to mention one Hadith and move on, when Nabi Salaam says, مَنْ أَحَبَّ رَحِمًا The person who wants barakat in his life and wealth, barakat in his life and wealth, then let him join family ties. This is a prescription. That let him join family ties, he'll get barakat in his life and wealth. One is kasrat, to amass, to get the big numbers. But if the big numbers are without barakat, it'll become musibat. It'll become a problem. It'll become a calamity. And if the numbers are big, with barakat, it'll be noor ala noor. It'll bring greater good. And if it is a little quantity also, but it has barakat in it, then it'll bring still a lot of good. The thing to aspire for is barakat. Then with barakat comes kasrat, 
and the numbers come as well, Alhamdulillah, no problem. But without barakat, then they are earning musibat. And Nabi Islam is giving us the prescription for barakat, joint family ties, obviously practicing on deen. And together with that one very fundamental aspect, maintaining family ties, is the prescription for barakat. Then Nabi Islam says, Wala ila musbilin. Allah Ta'ala does not forgive the person who allows his garments to flow beneath his ankles. This is something which is such an easy thing to keep up to, that to keep one's garments above the ankles, person many a times when explained this, he says, but what's the problem with keeping it below the ankles? So the same question can be turned around, what's the problem with keeping it above the ankles? The problem with keeping it below the ankles is that Nabi Islam has given these strong warnings. One person was walking and his garments was dragging behind him and Nabi Islam said to him from behind because he was walking, it was well below his ankle, Nabi Islam said to him, Irfa' izarak, fa'innahu anqa wa atqa. That raise your garment above your ankle, this is purer for you and it is something also a source of greater piety. So this person turned round and he sees Nabi Islam. So he then responded and he said, Oh Nabi of Allah, this is actually an old, it's a very old garment, meaning it doesn't really matter if it gets soiled a bit, it gets torn or whatever the case is, it's really old. So Nabi Islam then cut every argument at the root. He cut every argument at the root and all he said to him, Leave all your arguments aside. Don't you have an excellent and a perfect example in me? So he says, I looked at the garment of Nabi Wasallam. It was midway by his shin. And this was how Nabi Wasallam gave him this lesson. So this is also something so simple. But yet because we are living in a society where there are certain fashions and styles that dominate. So in the midst of all that, this some, suddenly seems something odd. Like that one person went to live in one place far away. This is just a story for the moral. So when he got there, so he found a very strange thing. He had to go for whatever, to live there for a while. He found all the people with their noses, the tip of their noses cut. It was some culture of theirs. Everybody used to cut the tip of their nose. When a child is born, they clip the tip of his nose. Now he had a perfect nose and everybody else's nose was clipped at the so now he saw this very strange thing, he found it really absurd. But now as he's staying there, everybody is with a nose that is clipped, his nose is perfect. So he passed somebody, he overheard two people talking to each other. They say, look at this person's nose. Are they laughing at him? Then he came now, there was, he was invited to some function, and he's seeing everybody looking at, one, looking at him and they giggling at one another. They're all looking at him and they having a laugh between themselves. And now he's becoming conscious of his nose now. So as this continued one day, two days, three days, and now he's paying more attention and listening more attentively as he's passing people, and every time he passes, he can hear a comment about his nose. So he thought, now the time has come, I also need to become, in big inverted commas, I also need to become normal. <laughs> so he decided to become normal, he also went and clipped his nose. This is unfortunately what we do, we have the perfect deen. And what others have, what the West has, what the Yahud and Nasara have, this is total filth. It is something which is degenerate completely, immoral, their lifestyle, their dressing. There's nothing that can be called values. There isn't a value system. Materialism is not a value system. The immorality, the shamelessness, the nudity, 
the type of clothing and garments which 25, 30, maybe 50 years ago at the most, even the West would have called it totally shameless. They themselves would have been totally shocked at it. But now because this has become a flood, a tsunami, so now if a person is dressed in a proper Islamic way, now he's feeling odd, he's dressed perfectly. He is conducting himself in the sunnah of Nabi Wasallam. he is doing what is perfect. But in this imperfect society, now he's feeling odd. So now in order to make himself so-called normal, he is deciding to chop his nose as well. So that he can fit into the society. Allah's Nabi Islam has given us the perfect way of life. And everything he's given us is full of noor and barakah. And whatever is against his way of life, then it brings its consequences in dunya also. Let alone the akhirat. It brings its consequences in dunya also. The barakah goes. The love and muhabbat goes. The happiness goes. And all the things that are desired, life just becomes one rat race. And a person thinks he's progressing. And in the meantime, he's just going helter-skelter, running here and there to nowhere. Until suddenly, the time is up and his time has come to go, to go into the qabr. So, this is the other category that Nabi Islam says, Wala ila busbilin. Then Nabi Islam says, Wala ila aqin liwalidei. That person who is disobedient to his parents. Person who is disobedient to his parents, no matter what the parents may be. Let us understand this very carefully and very clearly. That many a times, and indeed this is tragic as well, that many parents, and we will say it very openly and clearly and plainly, that many parents are oppressive upon their children. This is a sad state of affairs, we will have to answer for our zulm on the day of Qiyamah. Many parents are oppressive in the sense also that they won't want their children to progress in deen. What's wrong with you? What do you think of yourself now? You want to stop all this interest in the business. Now that son has come up, he's now moved into the ranks. And now he's started playing a more active role in the business. And now he says, but no, I cannot be part of this whole thing where all this OD and everything is carrying on. His father is saying, something is wrong with you. All my life I've been running this thing in this manner. And who are you? And dare you do this? And now that child who is now wanting to continue in a way that will please Allah Ta'ala, the father is oppressing the child. You want to do your thing, you get out of the house. So in any case, one is that this is also a major sin. But then we are talking about this Hadith Sharif, regardless of what the parent might be doing, that is his matter with Allah Ta'ala, he'll have to answer to Allah Ta'ala. That will be the matter between the parent and Allah Ta'ala. But regardless of that, Nabi Islam in one Hadith Sharif, he instructed the Sahabi who came and asked the question just to get to the crux of it. He said to him, you be kind to your parents. The Sahabi said, what if they are oppressing me? Nabi Islam said, wa in zalama, wa in zalama, wa in zalama, three times. Even if they oppress you, you still be kind to them. You still don't say to them, wala taqul lahuma uffi wala tanharhuma. Don't even say uff to them. Don't rebuke them. Wa qul lahuma qawlan karima. Speak to them in kind words. Totally humble yourself in front of them and keep making dua for them. Ya Allah, have mercy on them as they had mercy on me when I was a little child. I could do nothing for myself. They did everything for me. Irrespective of what they do, that is their test of how they conduct themselves with you. But your test is how you are going to respond. Your test is how you are going to be 
conducting yourself with them. If they are failing in their tests, you don't fail in your tests. And apart from all the other things, the testings of this night, the Nabi Salaam said, the person who is disobedient to his parents, he is deprived of the mercy of this night. Let us make amends. All it takes sometimes is a phone call with that family member, with that parent. All it takes is sometimes a kind message. All it takes is just to go and knock on the door and ask for forgiveness. All it takes is just to humble ourselves. All it takes is just to follow the example of Abu Bakr and Umar ta'ala And to take that mercy of Allah wa ta'ala. So Nabi Islam says, Wala ila and the last category mentioned in the Hadith Sharif, Nabi Islam says, Wala ila mudmini khamrin, and neither the person who indulges in intoxicants. Let us make sincere tawbah. On the one hand, we should not be looking down upon anyone because we need to worry about our own akhirat and worry for one and all as well. Worry about our iman and the iman of everybody else also. But at the same time, we have to help one another. And Allah forbid, if we have fallen into some habit, we need to make sincere tawbah. There are people ready to help us. We need to take the help. But let us not fall into this pit. This is an abyss. Allah forbid, Allah forbid, that this just keeps dragging a person deeper and deeper. He loses his deen. He loses his dunya. He loses his family. He loses his respect. He loses his everything. Allah Ta'ala save us and forgive us. But let, this is the occasion Allah Ta'ala has given us. These are the signboards that look stop, take stock of yourself. Come back. Allah Ta'ala's doors of mercy are open. Inna Allahi yafsutu yadahu bil-layl. Liyatuba musi'un nahar. Nabi Salaam says, figuratively speaking, that Allah Ta'ala spreads out His hands of rahmat. Allah Ta'ala is free of every description. Allah Ta'ala is beyond any description. But to make us understand, like a parent with outstretched arms, that child who now, whatever he did, but that mother is a mother, and eventually now some time has passed, and that mother finally says, call that child, come back. And now when that child comes, a mother with outstretched arms is waiting to receive that child, to really bring this picture back to us. Nabi Islam says, Inna Allah yabsutu yadahu bil-layl liyatuba musi'un nahar Allah Ta'ala is with outstretched arms waiting at night so that that person who had sinned during the day comes back. Allah Ta'ala is saying, come back, I'm waiting. وَيَبْسُطُ يَدَهُ بِالنَّهَارِ لِيَتُوبَ مُسِيءُ الْلَيْلِ And Allah Ta'ala stretches his arms out during the day so that the person who committed sins at night comes back and makes tawbah. But حَتَّى تَتْلُعَ الْفَجْرُ مِنْ مَغْرِبِهَا But if Qiyamah comes, it's too late. And when a person's own Qiyamah comes, it's too late. When the life starts leaving a person, the Akhirat starts opening in front of him, then it's too late. Then the doors of Tawbah are closed. And how often a person is gone in a second. In one second, he's already Akhirat is open in front of him. In one second, he can already see Malakul Mawt in front of him. Then there's no chance. Many a person, Allah forbid, Allah forbid, these are lessons to take. One person, this is not to look down upon anybody again. We should make dua for one and all. But some people were traveling and there was an accident. And in that moment, because a person had that habit of talking in that manner, so others survived. But one person or the driver, whoever he was, as now the impact, as this cars were colliding, head-on collision, and as they were colliding, the normal response, as he would just blurt out some vulgar word, Anybody just did something, the first thing will be he'll blurt out something vulgar. Just as this impact was taking place, the same habit of his, he blurted the same vulgar word, and that was it, and his life went. Now, this is not the way we want to leave dunya. In that one moment his life went, 
the last word on his tongue was Allah forbid that vulgar word. So we need to meet Allah tabaraka wa ta'ala in a way Allah ta'ala is happy with us. And this is what Allah ta'ala is waiting, giving us his occasions for. That this dunya will get left behind. We're not going to take anything of this. How much are we going to take? We're going to take our kafan and go. What we sent ahead, that is gone. Everything else will stay behind. Allah knows best who's going to fight over it. Allah knows best who's going to fight over it. Let us send ahead for ourselves, make our akhirat, and let us amass for the akhirat. Let us make our akhirat so that what Abu Hazim rahmatullahi what he answered to Sulaiman bin Abdul Malik, that ammartumud dunya wa kharrattumul akhira, that you have adorned your dunya, you have populated your dunya, you have made your dunya excellent, but you have made your akhirat desolate. That is why you don't have any inclination towards the akhirat. Let us turn it around the other way. Inshallah Allah will look after our dunya also. Allah Ta'ala will protect our dunya as well. With the barakat of deen. With the barakat of ikhlas and sincerity. With the barakat of cleaning our hearts out of shirk. With the barakat of cleaning our hearts from malice. With the barakat of maintaining family ties. With the barakat of maintaining the sunnah of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. With the barakat of being obedient to our parents. From staying away from all sin. This brings down barakat upon barakat. Then with or without the material possessions, Allah Ta'ala will give a person sukoon in life. He'll give him peace and tranquility. He'll have that life which money can't buy. He'll have that comfort with which all the things of comfort can't give him. Because comfort is in the heart. Sukoon is in the heart. Peace is in the heart. It's not in the things. Every other day, if not every other day, every now and again, those involved in the burial work and so on, they come with these tragic incidents and stories, so and so Allah forbid committed suicide. What was he short of? He was short of nothing. He was short of nothing, why he committed suicide? See, no, he had apparently, he was miserable in life. Things can't give us happiness. Allah Ta'ala blesses a person with happiness, who makes Allah Ta'ala happy. Then he has dunya, and he made Allah happy, nurun ala nur. But if he is making Allah Ta'ala displeased, and all the dunya also can't give him happiness. So this is what Allah Ta'ala has given us these occasions for. To come back to Allah wa Ta'ala. To make sincere tawbah. And especially from these aspects mentioned in this Hadith Sharif. To sincerely repent from it. To make amends. To turn to Allah wa Ta'ala. To clean our hearts out. Make our hearts shine. Like we want to see everything else shining. Shine our hearts in front of Allah wa Ta'ala. Beg forgiveness for ourselves, for our families. For the entire ummah of Rasulullah Wasallam. For the suffering people throughout the world. In this way Allah Ta'ala will show His rahmat upon us as well. And we will be doing a great favor to the ummah as well. May Allah Tabarak wa Ta'ala grant one and all. Grant me and all of us the tawfiq. That we make sincere tawbah. We turn sincerely to Allah Tabarak wa Ta'ala. We make amends for all the things that have happened in the past. We realign our lives. As we said earlier, these occasions come. We also have to exert ourselves in ibadat. That's also a very important point just to finish off on this. Generally our concept, or many a times our concept of a big night as we call it, it is a big night. Our concept of a big night is to attend a program in the masjid and we've done our duty. Whereas a program in the masjid is just to highlight the significance, to give us the direction, to show us what is meant to be done. But that is only the start of the night. This night is for ibadat. It is only the start of the night. Alhamdulillah this was also ibadat. This was also a great ibadat. But we need to now go and just do something more for Allah Ta'ala. 
سم سلاد الطوبہ سلاد الحاجہ سم تلاوت آف دا قرآن شریف سم ذکر سم تسبیح اینڈ اسپیشلی دعا بیگ فرام اللہ تبارک و تعالی ڈونٹ اونلی لیو اٹ فار دا لاسٹ پارٹ آف دا نائٹ وی ڈو سم تھنگ ناؤ آلسو بیکاز مینی ٹائم شیتان ول سی لیو اٹ فار دا لاسٹ پارٹ آف دا نائٹ سو دیٹ نائی دا ناؤ اینڈ دیٹ ٹائم وی ویر ٹو ٹائر ٹو ویک اپ سو نائی دا دین آلسو سو وی ڈو سم تھنگ فار ناؤ ایز مچ ایز وی کین ہاف این آور ٹمارو از اے فری ڈے فار موسٹ پیپل وی ٹرائی اسپینڈ ون آور ہاف این آور سم تھنگ وتھ دی ادر سم تلاوت سم ذکر سم نفل صلاح اینڈ اسپیشلی دعا اینڈ دین وی ٹرائی ٹو ویک اپ فجر ٹائم کمز ان سو لیٹ سیری ٹائم فنش آف آلموسٹ آلموسٹ کلوز ٹو ٹین پاس فائیو سو وی کین ویک اپ ہپس فور وی کین ویک اپ کال ٹو فائیو آلسو اف ناٹ ارلیئر دین دیٹ سم رکاس آف تحجد بیکنگ اللہ تبارک و تعالی دس ایز وی سیڈ از ناٹ دی اینڈ آف دا نائٹ اونلی دا اسٹارٹ آف دا نائٹ اللہ تعالیٰ گیون از از اوکیجنز to turn to him billah tabarak wa ta'ala give us all the tawfiq wa akhiru da'wana alhamdulillahi rabbil alamin Allahumma lakal hamdu kulluhu wa lakal shukru kulluhu Allahumma la nuhsi thana'an alayk anta kama asnayta ala nafsik Allahumma lakal hamdu hamdan da'iman ma'a dawamik wa lakal hamdu hamdan khalidan ma'a khuludik wa lakal hamdu hamdan la muntaha lahu duna mashiyatik ولك الحمد حتى ترضى ولك الحمد بعد الرضا اللهم لك الحمد كما تحب وترضى عدد ما تحب وترضى اللهم لك الحمد ملء السماوات وملء الأرض وملء ما بينهما وملء ما شئت من شيء بعد جزا الله عنا نبينا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم بما هو أهله يا ربي صلي وسلم دائما أبدا على حبيبك خير الخلق كلهم ربنا ولمنا أنفسنا ولمنا أنفسنا ولمنا أنفسنا وإن لم تخفل لنا وترحمنا لنكونن من الخاسرين ربنا ولمنا أنفسنا وإن لم تخفل لنا وترحمنا لنكونن من الخاسرين لا إله إلا الله الحليم الكريم سبحان الله رب العرش العظيم الحمد لله رب العالمين نسألك موجبات رحمتك وعزائم مغفرتك والغنيمة من كل بر والسلامة من كل إثم اللهم لا تدع لنا ذما إلا غفرته ولا هما إلا فرجته ولا حاجة هي لك رضا إلا قضيتها ويسرتها يا أرحم الراحمين يا أرحم الراحمين يا أرحم الراحمين اللهم طهر قلوبنا من النفاق وأعمالنا من الرياء وألسنتنا من الكذب وأعيننا من الخيانة فإنك تعلم خائنة الأعين وما تخفي الصدور ربنا هب لنا من أزواجنا وذرياتنا قرة أعين وجعلنا للمتقين إماما وجعلنا للمتقين إماما وجعلنا للمتقين إماما ربنا فاغفر لنا ذنوبنا وكفر عنا سيئاتنا وتوفنا مع الأبرار ربنا وآتنا ما وعدتنا على رسلك ولا تخزنا يوم القيامة ولا تخزنا يوم القيامة إنك لا تخلف الميعاد اللهم ثبتنا على الإيمان وأمتنا على الإيمان واحشرنا يوم القيامة مع الإيمان يا مقلب القلوب ثبت قلوبنا على دينك يا مصرف القلوب صرف قلوبنا على طاعتك اللهم حبب إلينا الإيمان وزينه في قلوبنا وكره إلينا الكفر والفسوق والعسيان وجعلنا من الراشدين إله العالمين يا الله Most merciful, most gracious, most kind, most loving Allah Ilahul Alameen indeed, we are your most sinful servants, Ya Allah. 
Ya Allah, what sin is there that we have not committed, Ya Allah? Ilahul Alamin, despite all your innumerable bounties and favors, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, all your ni'mat, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, every second and millisecond we are, Ya Allah, using all your bounties and favors, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, despite that we have disobeyed you so much, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, from head to toe we are covered in sin, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, you are most forgiving, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, you love forgiving, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, you have given us this night for your forgiveness, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, Ya Allah, you shower down your forgiveness, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, forgive all all our major and minor sins, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, forgive all our major and minor sins, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, we're making sincere Tawbah, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, we're making sincere Tawbah, Ya Allah. We are deeply ashamed of all the sins we have committed, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, we're ashamed, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, that we have disobeyed you so blatantly, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, in the darkness of the night we disobeyed you, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, in the light of the day we disobeyed you, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, in our businesses we disobeyed you, Ya Allah. In our homes we disobeyed you, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, on street corners we disobeyed you, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, in the private of rooms we disobeyed you, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, we thought nobody was watching, we looked on our phones what we wanted, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, we thought nobody was around, we went onto the internet and looked what we wanted, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, how many things we have done that displeased you, Ya Allah. But you have been so kind, Ya Allah. You have been so tolerant, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, you did not bring down the azab on us at that moment, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, you did not snatch our sight away, Ya Allah. You did not take our hearing away, Ya Allah. You did not paralyze our hands that were Allah, typing those illicit messages, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, you did not paralyze our feet that we were walking towards the haram, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, you did not snatch away our, Ya Allah, speech when we were talking vulgar languages, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, you have been so kind and tolerant, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, but we are today very ashamed of what we did, Ya Allah. We sincerely repent, Ya Allah. We regret what we have done, Ya Allah. We are firmly pledging not to go back to the haram again, Ya Allah. We are firmly pledging not to look at haram, Ya Allah. We are firmly pledging not to listen to haram, Ya Allah. We are firmly pledging not to speak vulgar languages again, Ya Allah. We are firmly pledging not to go to the haram venues, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, you protect us and save us, Ya Allah. Allah, without your say, Ya Allah protection, we cannot save ourselves, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, you guide us, Ya Allah. You protect us, Ya Allah. Protect our families, Ya Allah. Protect our friends and relatives, Ya Allah. Protect the entire Ummah of Rasulullah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, you guide the Ummah, Ya Allah. Allah, you remove the suffering of the Ummah, Ya Allah. Remove the suffering of the Ummah, Ya Allah. Show your maghfirat on the Ummah, Ya Allah. Allah, bless the Ummah with Hidayat, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, bless the Ummah with Hidayat, Ya Allah. Blow the winds of Hidayat, Ya Allah. Allah, acknowledging whatever is happening is due to our Amal, Ya Allah. Allah, you forgive us and forgive the entire Ummah, Ya Allah. Give us a tawfiq of those Amal that bring down your Rahmat, Ya Allah. Save us from those Amal that bring down your Azab, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, remove the oppression from the Ummah, Ya Allah. Remove the poverty from the Ummah, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, remove the hardships from the Ummah, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, bring the Ummah on Sirat Mustaqim, Ya Allah. Bring the Ummah on Sirat Mustaqim, Ya Allah. Bring the Ummah on the Sunnah of Rasulullah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, guide us to your pleasure at all times, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, guide us to your pleasure at all times, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, cleanse and purify our hearts, Ya Allah. Purify our hearts, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, purify our hearts, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, remove all the evils from our hearts, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, cleanse our hearts out from jealousy, Ya Allah. From menace, Ya Allah. From hatred, Ya Allah. From pride, Ya Allah. Remove the arrogance and pride from our hearts, Ya Allah. Remove the miserliness from our hearts, Ya Allah. Remove the love of dunya from our hearts, Ya Allah. Remove the love of the ego from our hearts, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, full of our hearts with your muhabbat, Ya Allah. Full of our hearts with your muhabbat, Ya Allah. Full of our hearts with your muhabbat, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, grant us the true love of Rasulullah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Grant us the love of his Mubarak Sunnah, Ya Allah. Allah, put the hatred of the ways of Yahud and Nasara in our hearts, Ya Allah. Grant us the love of the way of life of Rasulullah, Sallallahu Ilahul Alameen, grant us the love of the tilawat of the Quran Sharif, Ya Allah. Enable us to recite the Quran Sharif daily, Ya Allah. Grant us the love of Salah, Ya Allah. Grant us the love of Zikr and Dua, Ya Allah. Grant us the love of Deen, Ya Allah. Grant us the love of the effort of Deen, Ya Allah. 
Allah. Allah use us for the effort of deen, Ya Allah. Allah use us and our progenies to qiyamah for the effort of deen, Ya Allah. For the ikhlas and afiyat, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, accept all the work of deen that is taking place, Ya Allah. Make it a means of hidayat, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Allah, all those in any kind of hardships and difficulties removed with afiyat, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Those who are in, Ya Allah, ill, Ya Allah, give them complete shifa and afiyat, Ya Allah. Allah, those who are in hospitals, Ya Allah, give them complete shifa and afiyat, Ya Allah. Bring them back safely home, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Those who are in financial difficulties, remove their difficulties with afiyat, Ya Allah. Grant barakat in each one's risk, Ya Allah. Grant halal and tayyib risk, Ya Allah. Allah, save us from every drop and every grain of haram, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Grant us barakat in our risk, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, enable us to connect our businesses in the way you are pleased with, Ya Allah. Allah, let us live our social lives in the way you are pleased with Ya Allah. Enable us to have our marriages in the way you are pleased with Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen Ya Allah. Ya Allah, all those who have passed away, fill their qabrs with noor Ya Allah. Make their complete maghfirat Ya Allah. Grant them the high stages in the akhirat Ya Allah. Allah, the time of our death, take us with the kalima la ilaha illallah. Muhammadur Rasulullah. Allah, take us on iman kamil Ya Allah. Take us on tawbat and nasuh Ya Allah. Allah, take us at a time that you are pleased with us, that we are pleased with you Ya Allah. Ya Allah, save us from a bad death Ya Allah. Ya Allah, save us from a bad death Ya Allah. Allah grant us death khatma bil khair ya Allah Ilahul alamin ya Allah grant us jannatul firdaus without any reckoning ya Allah Allah grant us jannatul firdaus without any reckoning ya Allah Ilahul alamin ya Allah ya Allah all those ya Allah who have asked us to make dua for them ya Allah fulfill all their needs from the ghayb ya Allah Allah remove all their difficulties and hardships ya Allah grant them the best of dunya and akhirat ya Allah Ilahul alamin ya Allah all those who are present ya Allah you are the know of the unseen ya Allah you know each one's heart ya Allah all those who have raised their hands to this dua ya Allah fulfill all their needs ya Allah Fulfill all their pious aspirations, Ya Allah. Remove all their difficulties and hardships, Ya Allah. Grant each one the best of dunya and akhirat, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Unite the Ummah, Ya Allah. Allah, unite the Ummah, Ya Allah. Unite the spouses, Ya Allah. Unite parents and children, Ya Allah. Unite the hearts of brothers and sisters, Ya Allah. Unite the hearts of family members, Ya Allah. Unite the hearts of communities, Ya Allah. Unite the hearts of the Ummah of Rasulullah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, we have been so shameless, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, all your bounties we used, Ya Allah. And we used it to disobey you, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, we are making sincere tawbah, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, you forgive us, Ya Allah. You cleanse us, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, you enable us to reach the Mubarak month of Ramadan, Ya Allah. Enable us to use that Mubarak month properly, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, grant us the wealth of taqwa, Ya Allah. Grant us the strength of iman, Ya Allah. Grant us tawakkul, Ya Allah. Grant us, Ya Allah, inabat, Ya Allah. Grant us ruju, Ya Allah, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, full our hearts with the love of Jannah, Ya Allah. Put the yearning of akhirat in our hearts, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, put the yearning of akhirat in our hearts, ya Allah. Ilahul alamin, ya Allah. Ya Allah, all the good that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa begged for. Ya Allah, we are also begging for all that good. Ya Allah, whatever Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam refuge from, ya Allah, you grant us protection as well, ya Allah. Allahumma inna nas'aluka min khayri ma sa'alaka minhu nabiyuka wa habibuka sayyiduna Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Wa na'udhu bika min sharri masta'adaka minhu nabiyuka wa habibuka sayyiduna Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Anta al-musta'an wa alayka al-balag wa la hawla wa la quwata illa billahi العلي العظيم وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد وآله وصحبه أجمعين والحمد لله رب